Hello and welcome to a very special and uh, somewhat unpredicted or unpredictable uh, Forever Forest podcast, especially if you were talking to us in September. It is the podcast where we will be discussing Nottingham Forest in the playoff final. I'm going to look at everyone's faces here and see if anyone got a bit tingly when we said that. Oh, varying. I know it doesn't take much to set Holly off, um, especially at the minute, just show her a video of, you know, a goal going in or something and she's away. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, well, yeah, Forrest go to Wembley, uh, which is pretty cool, even though it's a weird thing that we've got this longer Wembley anniversary than we've got uh, a promotion anniversary, because obviously we always did it automatically before. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm Freebs, as always. I was there in 1992 uh, when we really subpar game against Manchester United last time we were at Wembley. I remember us having very nice waistcoats as well for some reason when they caught on the pitch. I'm looking at Steve really quickly going, if he nods, it was real. Um, okay, but first up on my uh, list here of people who are joining me today, uh, E by gum, Ecky Thump, take me to the bottom of our stairs. It's the Yorkshireman that is Kieran Curtis. How's he doing, son? All right, mate. What the hell? Are you from Huddersfield and that Dimby Dale? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. maybe. Ah, but I've got long-lasting family ties to Yorkshire. Lovely. Well, I hope that that would be... I mean, the, do you know what? My granddad uh, was from Sheffield and he used to have a plate and a cup and it said, a Yorkshireman's advice to his son. If that does out for now, all us do it for this sen. Which is really selfish, but I actually quite like it as well. <laughs> if you do something for nothing, do it for yourself. Um, next up in the list, uh, not from Yorkshire, I don't think, or Denby Dareway, it's, it's Holly Royal. Hi, Holly. Are you nervous yet, love? Do you know what? I'm actually just really excited, Ooh. which is weird because I thought I'd be absolutely crapping my pants at the moment. But no, I'm just really excited for Sunday, to be honest. Yeah, I weirdly, I was discussing this with, with Natalie that I when we the semi final happened, I was actually pretty all right. I tried to do a video for some social media and I was kind of thought, well, he didn't look very excited. I was just going, yeah, done. Because I think it was just such a shock to me in a way. I know when it'll happen, it'll be walking out of Wembley Station and seeing Wembley yeah. and it'll be either the playoff stuff there. That's when I will turn into the 10-year-old me. He was there with me granddad all the years ago and stuff. So uh, a man who I think has been to Wembley and seen Forrest, he must have done. He must have done. Uh, Steve, Corey, you're going back to Wembley, Steve. It's good, isn't it? Yes, can't wait. Although it's a bit subdued at the minute because I've, I've had so much on. I've got so much on. To buy this day. I think you nailed it there. When you sort of get off the tube at Wembley, that's when it'll, it'll hit home, yeah. Yeah, that'll be it. Because we, I mean, I was quite early doors. I was discussing with me, me Wednesday, mate, today. I really got into Forest around after the Italian 90. I think I got a lot of people my age into football. Uh, so it was around 1991. And, you know, we, even then people were saying we lived there. It was like a second home, wasn't it? So um, it's been a long time. Uh, I was about to say what's also been a long time, but it hasn't been a long time. It's, it's Lisa Fox. How are you, Lisa? Have you been to Wembley and seen Forest? Not in a while, wow. but I'm really looking forward to Sunday. Yeah, should be good. And and Dan, if he was here, wasn't it was available, he would be talking about promotion juice and all the things we've been chatting through the the pod. Um, are you taking any inflatables or any jumpers with you, Lisa? I am neither confirming nor denying. Well, I mean, I mean, I think you probably should. I think some people are pretty much adamant that the forests aren't going to go up unless you take inflatable. 20, in, no Twenty-five degrees on Sunday, but yes, I will have my jumper. Not a, not an issue whatsoever. That will be there and. There might well be a few inflatables, but not with me. This season's gone so bizarre from Steve going, I just don't know how we get out of it. You talk about inflatable <laughs> breakdown. Let's, let's put it this way. I've been on a, a, a rival radio station uh, this week um, talking as a, as a, a fan from our side. Um, and I, I, was, <laughs> I was described as part of the illegal inflatable army. <laughs> wow. 
Who, who'd have thought when you were trying to kill prostitutes in Stenton that you'd be <laughs> everyone's you know, I know, I don't know whether I've gone up in the world or gone down in the world. <laughs> Grand, Theft, uh, Grand Theft Nottingham still going strong. Um, I'm just going to go in the order on here, really, Kieran. So, um, Wembley coming up. How, how did you find the semi final? Let's go well, first legs, whatever first leg, but let's talk about the second leg. That was, I mean, I, I've, I've been seeing Natalie since January and she keeps saying, they're great for us. They're going up, they're going up. And I kept saying, I've seen things, I've seen things. And then during that game, I noticed there was a point where she looked like she was going to cry and die. And I was going, this is what I've been talking about since January. This is what I mean about seeing things. Did you go same old Forest, or um, how did you feel during that game, Kieran? Because I thought we were buggered. Uh, I, no, I was eternal optimism the whole way through it. I, I really remember... I th- I, just flashbacks to the failure at Bramall Lane um, early on in the game. But as it went on, I don't know, it just felt different. It just felt different. Like the brief saves, there's no two ways about it. They won us the game. Uh, and I'm talking about the ones in, in regular time uh, before we even get anywhere near the penalties. I don't know. Big, big demon was exercised for me that night. Like no matter what now, Cooper's taken us further than we've ever been um, in the playoffs. And as much as, you know, hopes will be riding high, I was just elated to have that monkey off our back and to do it in, not at our best, not even at our best. And we still did it. Uh, just immense pride. The nerves, they they kind of dissipated through the game, crept back massively as we went into extra time. Penalty shootout. Greece just he, he took it all away. First one, and it just from that first save, everything felt different, and everything's felt different since. Uh, this whole week, I've I've just feel calm, and I feel content. I feel happy in the direction of the club. Win, win, lose, whatever. This weekend, we're on the right track. We've got the right people, and that's not to say I'm not hoping for more because I absolutely am and I know we're capable of more but what a difference a year makes oh it's mad I mean I even trying to pick a shirt out for Sunday and looking at the Fabaz ones and remembering the you know the utter crap that came with it or some of the other ones do you know what I, I was talking to my mate Fudge again the Wednesday fan who they've been out of the league one year less than us the Premier League they went the year after so he understands what I mean by this is that I feel when I've let myself think about the Premier League and it was going up it feels very weird. It feels like I'm joining like a rival school or the thing that I've sniped at. Oh, bloody VAR, match of the day, happy in the championship. You know, I don't know why I turned into a Yorkshireman when I did it, but it's, do you know what I mean? I feel that we're kind of safe there in a way. It's our level in some weird way. And we're going to go from these games that we could win to away at your Chelsea's and your Newcastle's. Well, Newcastle's, well, I'm just thinking of them being like Real Madrid, I think, for next year. Um, and we're going to, I know this is a really ridiculous thing to talk about. So I'm basically talking about Forrest getting promoted, but it kind of makes me feel a bit uneasy, you know? I don't, I don't know why that that does, but I mean, I'll take it. I'll take it all day. Um, Holly, how was it being at the city ground for you with that? Did it feel like, were you feeling like Kieran all excited and like, oh my God, it's it's happening? Or was it, were you quite calm as well? There was a really weird sort of atmosphere. I don't know whether you guys felt this going into your sides of the ground, but it was, it was really strange. It was like everybody, it was just kind of this ominous sort of, weird feeling around and there was actually a guy behind me as we were walking into uh the peter taylor stand that went cheer up it's not a funeral and i know exactly what he what he meant by that because it just kind of felt that this kind of gloomy sort of 
you know, everyone's sort of protecting themselves for what might happen, you know, because we've all kind of been there before. But um, for me, I mean, it was uh, such a cliche roller coaster of emotions, but that was just completely it. You know, when, when Brennan's goal went in, it was absolute jubilation and it felt like, yeah, you know, we've sealed it now. We can see this out. We're going to go to Wembley. And then as they slowly grew back into the game and, you know, they scored their second and it was like, oh, my God, head in hands. Surely, surely, surely we're not going to bottle it again. And I just didn't know what to do with myself. It was also really, really hot in the stands as well. And I just felt by the time penalties came around, I was just emotionally and physically just exhausted. And I kind of just wanted it over. So when when Bree saved his first one, I didn't really know what to do. I was happy, but I didn't really celebrate because I was just, there was still that doubt in the back of my mind that, no, it's Forrest, you know. And it wasn't until he saved the second that I really started thinking, actually. And even when he saved the third, it took me about three or four seconds to actually realise the enormity of what had actually happened and, and celebrate. And then it was just an incredible release. And, yeah, I've, I've never felt like that at a football match, um, to be honest. It was really special. Strange but really special. I'll say it's strange if that's what it, if it means. I mean, I think um, the the worry for me coming into this, and I've, I've been listening to various things like the Not 20, uh, Not Top 20 podcasts and uh, trying not to look at the, the betting odds and stuff like that because it's it's quite scary. I've seen a couple of friends of mine who Huddersfield fans bleating on Facebook about how the media is all behind Forest and whatnot. And I had to sort of explain to them that Huddersfield have been up and down a bit, you know, and there is still a bit of a romance about Forest to certain people of a certain generation. And, you know, they see the crowd and the size of the stadium and that we know that means nothing. We've been down to league one, but uh, I think that's why there is a lot of that behind it. But uh, the worry, the, the niggling bit to me, Steve, is that Bournemouth second half and Sheffield United second half and bit of the first, I guess, it just bothered me a little bit because my best mate growing up, Scott, is a Huddersfield fan and we were chatting about the game this week and we're going to meet up and see each other with his brothers and everyone who we grew up with in Skeg. And he said, if you turn up, I think you'll take us to bits. He said, but if you don't, we've got a way of undoing you. And it was like, I know you could probably say that about all football games, but am I right to be slightly concerned about Bournemouth and Sheffield United the way I am? Because that's what's making me feel uneasy at the minute. No, I think you're spot on. And it's, I think it's good for a manager. I mean, I'll give you an example. Prior to the 91 FA Cup final, Forest were on fire, absolute fire. And they were just, from what I can remember, not Googling or anything, I think we were just sort of beating everyone or, or unbeaten for a long time. We played Spurs not long before, I think we got a draw. But everything was well with the world. And I just think sometimes you've got to have those doubts. You've got to have a, little, a few little things to address just to, to give you that impetus. And, and you, when you've got a manager like Steve Cooper... He's not going to miss a trick. He'll be trying to address that. And I, I think it's good. I think it's a good thing because nothing's a given. You know, we're not the mighty Nottingham Forest. And like you've just rightly identified, we've got some big anomalies there, second half. So, you know, they've got to be ironed out. But yeah, I, I think I'm going, to, I'm going to twist it. I'm going to use it as a positive. Yeah, I just, I think it's very easy, isn't it, when players and teams are doing well to not criticise the thing they do. You know, football fans are fickle as anything. And with Cooper, I've never found a reason to. But Bournemouth, second half, I kind of thought, why has he not made a change? And, why, you know, why are we going for a draw? We don't, a draw doesn't really help, you know? And I think that's the only little worry I've got, is that I thought that was his worst managerial performance in a way. Because uh, I'd argue that in extra time against Sheffield United, we come alive again. They look beat for me. They look tired. Um, I know it was an edgy thing and we could let that goal in at the end. But uh, do you know what I mean? Is, is that something that, I don't know, do players see that or do they just say that was Bournemouth, that was us going for that second and that's over now? Because I've heard David Johnson talking about this week that 
Steve Cooper was even practicing the way that Forrest would stand for the penalties and where Sheffield United would stand on the pitch. That's madness. And I'm now trying to watch it back to see if Forrest almost shoved Sheffield United into a position. But David Johnson was saying, uh, Brennan had told him that they would actually even practice where they would stand on the pitch for the penalties. So that's, that's pretty in-depth, isn't it, Steve? So maybe I shouldn't be that worried. Is that what we're going to say on the final? I always look for you for the help and the hope. <laughs> Don't look for me. You'll be lost. Um, no, I think it, it's great that they've made provisions for that. And, and even Brees, bless him with his water bottle. <laughs> it sounds like he had as well. But uh, no, no, it's a good thing. I think if you're prepared for it, you know, prepared for anything, it's um, you, you stand half a chance. I mean, with the best will in the world, you know, you can prepare all you like and lose, but at least you can say, well, we've left, left no stone on turn. We've done our bit. Um, but yeah, that's, I didn't know that about the position. But that's quite interesting. I quite Crazy. like it. Yeah. It's, um, so we've got, uh, we were going to say, we were going to talk about Wembley memories, but I, you know what, I'm just going to pick uh, out one player for me who I think is I, it, this could be written for, right? I've never heard someone described so often as the old version of them. And it's Joe Lolly. If I hear one more person say, it's like the old Joe Lolly, it's like this person that, you know, I know players are always, you know, harping back to what they did before, but my God, if Joe needs a goal, why not do it against your former team at Wembley? You know, it's a weird player for me to pick out for you, but I think it's a, it's a, it's a squad conversation as well with Forrest, but the old Joe Lolly, uh, he's not starting on the weekend, is he Lisa? But do you think he's uh, trying too hard a bit, you know, penalty over the top and she seems to be shooting all the time. Before I say anything, you just said, if I hear one more person say, we've got the old Joe Lolly back, what are you going to do? Yeah, but I had to, to tell you the story, didn't I? So, so we've got the we have got the old Joe Lolly back. It's it isn't it, you know it's plain and simple. He signed for us. He was a, an exciting player, dynamic, um, had a great relationship rapport with um, Ben Osborne, and you know he could make things happen. And we have seen over the course of the season since he's come back from his injury um, that he can still do that. You know, he came on against Sheffield United and in the first um, in, the, in the away game back in March and completely changed the game. And um, he look he does look like his former self. He does look like whatever was holding him back. He has got over that and the shackles are off again. Um, and of course, you know, when when they stepped up for the, the penalty shootout, um, and he he stepped up. It was written in the stars he was going to be the one that would miss to some degree because he um, he would be the one that you'd go, yeah, actually he's going to score 100. Um, percent So yes, it is written in the stars that he will have a part to play against Huddersfield. Um, and I think having spoken to a few Huddersfield players, uh, fans and stuff, they will fear that. And and you know. I think we miss Sink when he's not on the pitch. I think his tracking back and everything makes um, him interesting to watch. He will, I believe, think, uh, you know, he will start. I don't think he, he will mess with the team too much. Um, and I think Lolly will be on the bench, ready to be that next man up when he is when it, when it's required of him. And I also think if it were to go to penalties, he would be one of the first five. You're on mute. Oh, that's got to be a first. Do you, do you know what it is? Because I pressed it and I pressed the mute unmute button and looked up like I was being all dramatic and doing me talking. And I, I, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to leave that in. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were saying on the podcast as well that Forest actually had the five first players they wanted to take penalties on the pitch at that time as well. 
uh, which was so obviously Lolly was meant to be one they wanted to have a, a shot. In, interestingly, about the, um, the the penalties, I don't know whether you saw um, the Chelsea Liverpool game the week before, yeah. and how Klopp had got his Liverpool team set up that they were basically they all knew like, they didn't need a little huddle to talk about what was happening. They all knew they knew exactly what they needed to do, and Forest were there waiting for them um, for Sheffield to, to decide. And I don't know whether the fact that it took so long kind of led. How, how it went into the into the shootout um and you know Cooper is a manager who does his homework 100% and all week they're going to have been practicing penalties well I think um, a lot of the reason they took so long was because Samba was shithousing like crazy making a does play. he do that I didn't know he was the shithouse like 90 seconds or something waiting for that poor bugger to take his first penalty and he saves it because he's got it written on a bottle like, unbelievable how rude yeah do you know what Lisa while you're there talk to me about Jed in the cupboard what's that <laughs> I've got it written so, down here. So basically, when well, going back probably to about November time, um, he was in phenomenal form for us, but obviously on loan from from Borough, and you know we were getting closer to the January transfer window. There was the talk of him going back to um, to Borough, and a conversation was had on. Um, our match day with Max about locking gents in a, in a cupboard so he couldn't actually go back. Um, and it became a thing. And we, we, I do Spence watch hashtag Spence watch after every game. And we talk about locking him in the cupboard. And when we played Liverpool um, in the cup, I saw his mum in the club shop afterwards and spoke to her about him and what a fantastic player he is and I asked her if he if she had seen that there were people that wanted to lock him in a cupboard and she went oh are you one of those and I, I said yeah I said you know we love him here we we think he's fantastic and we don't want him to leave um I then saw her at Bournemouth away and asked her how the cupboard was coming along and she told me that the cupboard is coming along brilliantly as is the trophy cabinet wow and she didn't mind that you wanted to lock her son in a cupboard she loved it. She thought it's hilarious. We now want to lock the whole family in there. Um, yeah, but the, the, good, the good thing, good thing for me is uh, that made me laugh quite a lot. Is that if she knows that we want to lock him in a cupboard, so must he. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think he seems a happy boy. I mean, I, there's all sorts of different stories we heard before about attitude and God knows what. Well, we haven't seen any of it, have we? Really, I don't think. Maybe it's because we've been doing so well. Um, I'm going to move on from Jed being locked in a cupboard or um, Ben Osborne being put in a, a case or any of these things that it could be players in spaces. You know, if you've got a favourite player in, uh, in a space, if you, you know, like Marco Bougas in a cup, up to you. Uh, write in and tell us your favourite. Um, Steve will turn them into a poem. <laughs> uh, Steve, uh, I'm going to talk really sort of get this out of the way now because I, I think we're going to talk about some extra bits at the end. A forest going up. Yeah. There we go. I knew it. I, I knew it. I knew out of all the people I could ask, you wouldn't just go, oh, it's an horrible question. You, you generally believe they're too strong for this field or it's just written in the stars or where's it come from? I don't know. Just, just I get a feeling. I just, and obviously anything could happen, but I just get a feeling. I'll give you an example. The semi-final, I didn't get to see because I was out in Seville. So I was racing around the streets trying to get um, a TV, pub with it on, couldn't get it anywhere. Um, and it was bizarre. I bumped into an old mate I'd not seen for like 28 years. So I had to sort of have a good chat with him and, he was like saying, surely you missed like the first half. I was like, yeah, I am. But, you know, it'd be a bit, you know, disingenuous not to uh, have a chat. So all I got when I met up with Steve Jameson, my co-coms, he managed to get a stream and put the penalties on. And he was like saying, oh, are you nervous? And I was like, no. So I know for a fact we're going through. You know, wow. what do you mean, you know, for a fact? 
when we played Ipswich, remember when we played Ipswich, we beat them 3-0 and Cohen scored that deflected. Stay up, yeah. Yeah, and I remember at one point during, I think we were 0-0 at half-time and Brentford were losing to Blackburn or something daft like that. And like, I remember sat in the stand and like, if technically at the time on the live table, we were down. My wife was saying, yeah, we're down. Said, no, 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 we definitely win, 100%. And it was just, <laughs> it was just a whim. It was just a, a feeling. So yeah, I, I, other than any sort of technical genius, which would be bollocks, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a whim. I think we're going up. So you heard it here first, everyone. Forest going up, and Steve said they're going up. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> it's all Steve's fault. There you go for surely. Uh, no, it's not. Um, I think it's yeah, it's it's a gut feeling. Much I feel like I say, Steve. I think it won't be till that Wembley moment. I think at the minute I'm still a little bit. I've got a few things on. You know, got stuff to do. Um, and Kieran's got a big yellow hand flying in the air, so it means he wants the the, the daddy mic. Off you go. What do you want to say, man? Yeah, pass over the talking stick, mate. Um, no, just following on from what Steve was saying, it does feel different. And in that second leg against Sheffield United, Heckingbottom from the end of the first leg was trying to play the mind games with the fans. He wasn't playing it with our squad. He was playing it with us. And he was trying to get us on our own squad's back. He was telling them that we'd turn on them. And there was that brief spell where he was nearly right. He was nearly right. And we didn't. We came back from it. And we started supporting the lads through. And look, I, I won't have it any other way than we're the underdogs going into this game. We shouldn't be where we are this season. It shouldn't have happened. And do you know what? Part of the reason it has happened, it's not just Steve Cooper. Love him as much as we do. The fans have been behind them for every minute. And if it's not going our way on Sunday, if we resist that urge, we'll come back. We know we're a club that will play to the very end. Unlike some clubs in this league that, you know, offer people the freedom of their city and claim that they fight to the end, even though they're going down to League One, we actually do fight to the end of games. If the fans stay with them, no matter what, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And I fully believe that. Uh, Holly, are you jumping on the optimism train with these two? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. You know, we've, Defeated the nemesis now, haven't we, in Sheffield United? The shackles are off. Um, so, yeah, let's just go out and play. I mean, for me, you know, we've got players on that pitch that want it as much as we do. And I think we haven't had that for a very long time. And if you've got that in your locker, then it's half the battle, I think. Um, and I think the spirit and just the general, you know, superiority of the squad will get us over the line. I wonder if that... Um... That thing about we, you know, we say doing a forest, but I think it's relative to all teams, you know, because again, I, I know Sheffield Wednesday quite well through me, mate. And they used to have a thing on BBC Radio Sheffield called Praise or Grumble. There is no worse thing you can offer a Yorkshireman than an actual chance to grumble because oh, bloody rubbish, Wednesday, bloody rubbish. He said that he just he hates going to home games because he goes and everyone's just bloody moaning. And it's it, there's a lot of it which is Simmons Forest uh, that I see in between the two of them. Um, one thing that they do definitely have is is a good old size stadium, an old stadium as it were. And I cannot wait to have thirty seven at least thousand people singing Mull of Kintyre. So that's going to be a spine tingler. That's more than we even get at home. Well, I mean, if you think about the second leg against Chef Yu, uh, how many times did we actually sing Mull of Kintyre? And when we did it on the sixty fifth minute and got behind that team again, and I agree, agree with what Kieran said there, is that there was that moment. I don't think we've had it all season. Well since September, um, where the fans have been 
a little bit disgruntled that there's always been that belief regardless of what's going on on the pitch that we're going to win or we're going to draw or we're going to get something out of the game this team don't know when they when they are beaten um and I still maintain that um that that is that that is the mentality that they fight to the end um and genuinely do and that is that is why we are where we are what was the turning point in the season when I ask all of you this unless you all think it's exactly the same because for me it feels like it was Bristol City away I don't know about you um some people say it's Huddersfield away what what do you think was the the point or some people might say it's Middlesbrough at home for a different reason but what for you is the game that it all changed um I think it, it probably was Bristol City um purely because you know with, with 92 minutes on the clock we were we were losing 1-0 and that was just standard that's that's the kind of thing that as a forest fan having watched them for 37 uh, years um is something that we we are now used to because because of the history in like recently um but that game you know i mean i was <laughs> i was in um, in cyprus so i'd got the game on a dodgy bloody uh, iphone you know, dial it, dialing in to watch it on a dodgy, um, dodgy stream connection, dodgy stream. And um, <laughs> the first goal went in and we're jumping around cheering for that. But then my phone notifications were going off that we'd actually scored two. And I was like, what's going on? What's going on? And then you saw the second one go in and just the belief then that, the, you know, that Forrest did the complete opposite of doing a Forest because that, that, and that's like our mantra this season is that Forest have become known for, scoring late goals you know and, and I think that that goal against Bristol City is probably one of the most important goals that we scored it felt like I'd not seen that before I, I remember when we remember when we were under Sabri and we we're letting in them late goals I'm going to come to you Steve and ask you if you agree with the the, the turning point game but under Sabri we're letting them late goals and for me letting in late goals is a lack of concentration it's a lack of probably confidence there's all sorts of things scoring late goals is kind of the reverse it shows that you've got a, a gumption and a spirit about it as a squad. Um, would you agree with uh, Lisa and I, Steve, that it's Bristol City for you, or was it be another game where you thought, oh, hey, up, something's changing here? For me personally, I think I've, I've had to actually just scroll through my phone the fixtures there just to try and jog my memory. But the sort of rhetoric what I was looking for was under Hewton, you went to a goal down, and the absolute best you could get was a draw. So if we went to a goal down, you knew you would get a point maximum. Nine times out of ten, it was zero. For me, it was when we'd gone behind. And going behind under Cooper, I just thought, we're going to win. We're, we're, we're capable of getting three. So I just had to scroll through. I'm not trying to be clever that I remembered the game. I didn't. Looking at this one, Hall City, home, we go 1-0 down. And then two second half goals and turn it around. I think it was two or three games we'd done that or, or a couple. But basically, that's what I'm saying. That, that was the turning point for me that, and I suppose you could say it's the fact that Cooper came in. But yeah, the ability in games like that to say, yeah, we'll do this. And it like you've all said, you've all touched on it. That's that belief, isn't it? You know, that's that. That's like, yeah, we can, we can and we will. So, yeah. Well, it kind of rolls into the, the thing with Huddersfield on the weekend that if that goes to penalties, I, I don't think Huddersfield wants to go to penalties as it stands, because I think you've kind of laid a marker. I mean, penalties are so bloody random. We all know that, but you've got a keeper there that you're thinking, has he bloody been mind reading us? Has he got, where's his bottle? You know, that's all stuff that they're going to be thinking, you know, we're confident on it, things like that. So I think, um, yeah, that's definitely one thing we want to look at. Um, Holly and Kieran, are you, uh, I don't know, which Bristol City, uh, Middlesbrough, various different games. I've, I've said both of you, so you can both come off mute and let's have a look. Have an argument about it. Let's have a, 
What do we call it? Fox versus Freebs. Let's have a bloody, uh, what is it? Curtis versus Royal. I mean, for me, the one that stands out was slightly different from the others. Uh, Birmingham City away. We scored. I think there was that amazing grabs goal from about, well, it was outside the box, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Ryan Yates header and Jed Spencer's first goal. And it was, a, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was the first time in a long while that we'd actually scored three goals in a game, especially away from home as well. Um, and I remember I was on the Wales on holiday. I wasn't actually following the game, but I was listening to it and I was in the middle of Morrison somewhere in Norfolk and um, just cheering as I went in. And it was, I remember at that point, when was the last time, well, not when was the last time I was in the middle of Morrison cheering goals, but when was the last time, you know, that we had goals to celebrate? It just felt like this really alien kind of feeling. And um, yeah, for me, and also because Bristol, uh, sorry, not Bristol, Birmingham City, we, you know, it's notoriously bad for Forest results. I think the year before we'd, uh, we did particularly badly. So, yeah, that was a turning point for me, I think. It's good. Cool. I think we've almost done separate, apart from me and Lisa, obviously, we're just BBC corporates. Um, Kieran, <laughs> I mean, because do you know what? That Simpsons clip that's been doing the rounds, you know, the season in two parts, there's a bit where it goes on the games in a run. And I think they do put some of the losses in there, but you're just going, Jesus, they won at Millwall. They won at Birmingham. It's like, he's Barnsley. We won at Barnsley. This feels like I'm the Labour government going like, we've taken Westminster. You know, it feels like it's Forest don't win at Barnsley and Millwall in the same season and Birmingham. What's your turning point, Kieran? Uh, there's no getting away from Bristol as, as a real, like a real marker for the season. But just to throw another one out there would be uh, QPR away and the callback goal. Um, because that wasn't just that we got a goal late on to, to get it back, but it was that the luck was with us as well. Like it took uh, one great control from Jack Callback, bring it down and get a, a shot anywhere near the target. But that deflection that just took it away from the keeper as well on its way through just felt like the luck was starting to turn for us a little bit. Normally that kind of thing went against us and we always expected it to go against us. Um, but you, you know what, you could say the same thing about Bristol because I, I do think if we played that game, you know, another nine times, then probably nine times out of ten, Lyle Taylor might have had a handball called against him, but he didn't. Mm. And, and that, that's how it went. I was more nervous at QPR about trying to not get killed at the back of the stand because they need to renovate that. It is very tight. Uh, Lisa, did you have your little hand up there? I saw you've gone off my screen, so I can't see you. But did you want to come in on that? Yeah, you were just talking about Huddersfield and um, not wanting the game to go to penalties. Um, it can't be ignored about the fact that they have been at Wembley four times and haven't scored a goal in open play and have been promoted via penalty shootouts True, so it? they they will 100% be prepared for that yeah my mate Scott said uh, if you're doing your podcast it's I've gone for nil nil he says and we'll win on penalties that's what he says just but, just to throw something out there though from Huddersfield fans that I've spoken to as much as I've seen a couple of them on social media giving it the big and about that they could they could play as well as us on, on their best day there's a lot that are resigning themselves to the idea that they could stifle us and yeah. they've got the experience of grinding it out and playing it ugly. I don't know. Sorry, Ryan, to take, take your role, mate, but I don't know how everyone else feels about that. If we lost because of someone trying to pull another Luton on us, where, where are we at with that? As long as we go out and play the right way, are we happy? Well, I, I felt that we wanted them rather than Luton if we got through because Luton would be more of a problem to the way that we played. I, I figured, I think I heard a really good thing that Huddersfield are very good at nil-nil. 
And that's probably something that doesn't make a lot of sense for anyone. But a nil-nil, they don't look panicky. They don't look like they're going in. They, they, that's what they, they were saying on this pod, that they're just really solid at nil-nil. They look like they're making the decisions. They weigh up a game well. And obviously for us, we've got Jordan Rhodes, potentially, who has scored about 7,000 goals against Forest. And obviously you've got the derby element as well with Holmes in there. So we do need Joe Lolly to get on that pitch and do something because we haven't got many options unless we get uh, Michael Heffler back, who I think is currently a, a glasses model in uh, in Bullwell. I always go for Bullwell. I should leave it alone. Um, so, yeah, that's I think we've kind of gone with that. I'm going to get just a score prediction, really. Kieran, what's the score going to be at Wembley on Sunday? Uh, 3-1 Forest. In normal time? Yeah. Bloody hell, that's going to be a bonanza. We're going to be well happy with that. Um, holy... I reckon it's going to be 2-1 after extra time. It's going to be tight. This is where Steve Corey goes insane and says 6-0. Steve, what are you going? <laughs> Already insane. 1-0 um, Forest. I'm loving what you said earlier on. I'm actually going to put money on this. But Lolly to come on as a sub and bang one in from 25 yards. 1-0 Forest, Lolly. I almost feel like that was a result given then because you're such a pro with your uh, presenting there, Stephen. You're uh, just like, one nil for us, uh, end of the game. Uh, Lisa, talking of another pro, um, yeah, we couldn't find one, so we got Lisa. Uh, Lisa, oh, hey, what's the score going to be? She'll get it right because she's somehow got voodoo this year and gets all the scores right. Well, did, did I predict that we'd finish fourth? I think I did. Uh, I think I did as well. <laughs> um, I, I think, I agree with Holly. I think it'll be 1-1 one, one after extra time and we will win 2-1 in extra time. Sorry, 1-1 one, one at full time and we will win 2-1 in extra time. I'm going nil-nil pens. Ah. Just because I, I always no. try to think of the worst thing possible. So like the other day, I was like, oh, the worst thing that could happen here is we throw it away or we go to pens. And I was like, I was just obviously putting on social media, this is fucking awful. This is the worst thing ever. I don't ever want to do pens again. And to not go, to not go up via a penalty shootout, God, I can't <laughs> even contemplate. Doesn't help you though, does it? Because like I think Sky, uh, you won't know sure at the game, but Sky went something like, Forrest got a tremendous record in penalty shootouts they've only lost one out of their last nine or something like that i mean steve you might know you i oh know you were, you missed that game didn't you? You, were, you were in seville but um stat man i meant more but uh, i thought god i don't remember forrest even playing the last bloody penalty shootout because we don't you don't get them as much do you in our in our in our world uh but that, that doesn't mean anything wembley doesn't mean anything none of it means anything these are new players it's a new manager it's, it's, a, it's almost a new club from where we were a year ago like i'm sure you'll all agree so you know, sorry free do you <clears throat> just something Kieran said there you know like if they set up to sort of shithouse and, and stifle and negate you know pe people get a bee in the bonnet about teams who do this and whatever I kind of like it I I think if you can't they're asking you a question if you can't answer it then you don't deserve to call or you don't deserve to win a trophy so you know people talk about the Stoke of old the Wimbledon a lot of teams played like that because finances dictated that you just you use what you've got and you get the best out of it and I don't care whether it's Stoke City playing Barcelona if they're asking you a question well we're going to set up like this and shit out you if you can't answer that question say yes we can actually then fair game do you know what I mean it's um, I kind of like that that if every team played immaculate beautiful football if everyone looked the same it'd be pretty boring and I kind of like the diversity of it and I like the challenge of, of saying well we're throwing down the gauntlet. What you got? So uh, if they do that at Wembley, I'd be very interested to see see how we can get around it. And if we do get around it, then we deserve to go. Is it a big? We pitch? were reveling in it a couple of years ago with Sabri. Yeah, yeah, we loved it then because we were like, <laughs> football's gone through the through the arse. But it's like, yeah. hey. but, but now we're cultured again, and uh, you know, 
give us give us we, we're gonna we're gonna win the Premier League next season straight back into Europe like all bets are off mate I kind of want to do those things though you know when people say me and Holly were watching the first leg in London paying about 20 quid for a pint and um god don't look at your receipts after that bar do you hole um and there was a point where I said something and Holly kind of went no and I went Holly we can't influence this mate you know the amount of lucky socks you've got the amount of times I've gone we're gonna do this we're gonna do that I have got no say on this whatsoever. It's 22 people running around on a pitch and the refs, they've got to say, I haven't got to say. So I almost felt like we should have done a section of this where we talk about the things we're going to enjoy about the Premier League, uh, just to wash it all out. And then if we don't go, what we can say, actually, those things do matter. Don't ever do it again. So I thought I, thought I wouldn't do that in the end. So uh, one last thing, we're going to get Alan, uh, who couldn't make it for this one because I moved the day of it and buggered him up. He's not only going to tell us um, his prediction for the game but also one of his wonderful Wembley moments over to you Al hi everyone uh here I am in Qatar as I discussed last time I was on the podcast that was my conundrum uh we're in the final I'm going to watch it from a bar um if I'm found in the desert face up looking at the sun but we're in the Premier League I'll take that I'll take that all day long I I think we can win I honestly think we can win uh, I think it'll be a very very open game uh Best of luck, everyone. Enjoy the game. You've got a ticket. Brilliant. If you didn't watch them, cheer them. Next time we see them, these boys in red will be in the Premier League. Uh, funny story about a trip to Wembley. I can't, I can't remember which game because I was obviously very young, but my uh, I went with my old man and uh, <laughs> I must have been really young because I just blurted this out. So so he uh, he's he's bent down to tie his loose shoelaces. We're on, a, we're on a train platform in London somewhere. We're on a, on a train platform. He bends down uh, to tie his shoelaces. Oh, what, what, what are you doing, Dad? What are you doing? And he's gone, uh, as he gets back up, he's gone, hey, look at this, look, I found a £10 note, so I pretended to tie my shoelaces, and I picked it up. And me being a gobby little fucker went, £10 note on the floor! And literally everybody on the train station went, that's mine! Um, so yeah, we're uh, Wembley coming up. Uh, tickets has been obviously crazy up and down. Obviously some people are, you know, really disappointed with not getting them, which, you know, I completely feel for, but obviously in this day and age, at least you should have some nice good sky coverage. I'm sure the club will either do some, there'll be some pubs around as well, which will have a really good thing on as well. Um, I think I'm looking across the border. I think most people here are looking up to actually sorted them out. Um, I have to say a absolutely massive and huge thank you to Mike Hargreaves and David Jones who uh, helped me because uh, I, I just was in a situation and they helped me out. So that was really, really, really good of them. Um, and they listened to the pod and that's why they said they would help because they were going to a Monaco Grand Prix or something and that's where I was meant to go. And they went, well, you do the pod and we enjoy the pod and we enjoy the BBC. So uh, here you go. So it's nice to know that um, some of it comes back around that way. Um are we, where, where, where are we at? Um, Kieran, are you, you can be in the ground, are you? Yep. Yeah, she's going to nod at me. Yeah. Is Kieran frozen or is he just offering me out? He has, hasn't he? Yeah, can you all see that? Yeah, can somebody else talk? Because it makes me feel like I'm just really on my own now. Holly? Yeah, it's definitely frozen. Oh, thank you. Lisa. Thank God. He was really staring me out there. I thought, wow, it was a mean face he was giving me as well. Um, <laughs> so Lisa, you're going to be there with your jumper and your alien. Uh, yeah, where, where are you? At? I'm a flag. Are you, are you high or low? <laughs> If the if the if the if the club ever reply to me being allowed to take my flag, but then I haven't got my tickets yet, so let, let's have a Twitter argument about who's got their tickets and who hasn't, and fuck off. Um, <laughs> I am in the middle. Uh, I think I am a little bit, uh, basically, completely the opposite side to the, of the ground to you. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'm sort of looking. I'm under the arch, I think. So I'm in. Uh, the, I'm in the like. To, to the right of the goal, which is quite similar to where I sit in the Trent end anyway, but a little bit further to the right, I think. 
Just wear that bloody jumper. I don't care how hot it gets. I will. Don't worry. I will have it. So yeah, wherever you are seeing it, wherever you are, um, say some people, I mean, I, I, I've said this before, I'm quite, it's January on a boxing day, I booked tickets to go and see the Monaco Grand Prix because I was like, I didn't even think about the playoffs. So it shows you the wonder of what Forrest have done. I know there's been some uh, poo-pooers or naysayers or other things that are sort of two words together like that, saying that actually he only took so many points off Bournemouth in so many games and it actually wasn't a very good accomplishment. I've actually heard people knocking it now saying, well, they had a lot of games left. It wasn't that hard. But I think the thing that gets you on that stats can be used any way you want is no team that's been in that position at that point has come higher than 14th. That's everything you need to know right there. That's the spirit. That's that's Nottingham Forest this season for you. Um, so, yeah, before we go, um, I, I don't know. I, Lisa, what are you sort of most looking forward to about stepping in and seeing that game on the, on the weekend, Lisa? What's, the, what's your big moment that you can't wait to go and do and see and take the shackles off of stuff you want to do for ages? Well, to be fair, I mean, I was lucky enough and I am old enough to have seen Forest in the late 80s, early 90s and experienced the Wembley Way and, and the Twin Towers of old. Um, so I am really looking forward to being able to do that with my daughter. My son and his girlfriend are sunning it up in Kos. Um, so they will be watching somewhere in a bar. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to, to, to Wembley Way and, the, and just walking Wembley Way with all of our fan base because there is you cannot get away from how shit the start of this season was and how discombobulated the whole club was from start to finish the fan base was so divided um, and it was a really really shitty place to be around and now it's just brought Nottingham back together um, everyone is on board I think the city has come alive um, and I don't want this journey to end so <laughs> See, you've got me going. <laughs> Maybe it will evolve, Steve. Quick, Lisa's losing it. Um, at what Wembley for you on Sunday? You, I don't even know if you're going, Steve. And actually, are you going? I am. Yeah. Hey, Steve. Thank God that would have been the worst podcast ever. Here's a man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't make the semi, did I? So, uh, I, um, and I think by the sound of it, I'll be sitting right near you, Lisa. Yeah, in that middle bit to the right of the goal. I'll look out for the jumper and the inflatables. Um, yeah, sorry, that's all I'm looking forward to. That is what the inflatables jumper and inflatables. The, the rest the, can wait. The Guinness won't be right. It'll all just be, yeah, you know, <laughs> take your own sandwiches. And I remember when I went to the 91 League Cup final. My granddad is a picture of him and he's got a bloody picnic, proper picnic bag with him. And he's got his pipe on and everything and a tower, uh, what do you call it? A blanket. You know, it's like they are very different days. Holly, what's it for you? Is it have you seen Forest at Wembley before? I have, but they lost. I chose the wrong cup final. I didn't show ZDS, I chose the League Cup. What about you? Um, although I am old enough, I haven't actually seen them at Wembley Cup final. Um, I was at Wembley in 1991, but I was there to see New Kids on the Block for my sins. <laughs> Less of that story, the better, really. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's going to be a finale to what's been an incredible season, isn't it? It's just going to be a massive, massive celebration, a family event, family affair. And um, yeah, it's just, as Lisa said, we just don't want it to end. I mean, the thought of this season ending... Um, and potentially, you know, losing the players that we've that we've got. Um, well, I don't really want to think about that, to be honest. But let's just enjoy that. it. Let's just enjoy it. You that. know, I've done it. Um, the the man who was staring me out like an evil villain for ages is back. Um, Kieran, are you all right? You've you got a problem with me or something, or what? Or how, or can you tell me about Wembley and if you're going to enjoy it or what? It's your first time before us at Wembley, isn't it? Yeah, it is, mate. I've I've lived with envy of dad for years he was at both european cup finals he's been to plenty of um plenty of wembley trips with his family with his dad with his brother and i've never had it 
I've never had it. The 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 greatest memories I have got to date of being a Forest fan, Middlesbrough at home in the old Division One. Um, that was just a stellar game. Uh, Pierre Van Hooydonk free kick, and then realistically, the the most elated I've ever been as a Forest fan since then was that final day in League One, and Great that day. shouldn't that shouldn't be the top of my list. Being a Forest fan, it shouldn't be. And uh, Kieran, you know what? but it's Brian Clough's fault because Brian Clough <laughs> put Forest in a position where they never should have been. Steve will say they'll agree with it. Forest were a provincial Midlands sort of middle of Championship tie when he took them. We outstretched because of that man's genius for a long time and it gave us all yeah. things where we should be. And I think you'll know, as all of you on this call will know this, there's a lot of Forest fans who took a long time to realise that we are not that team anymore. It, you know, it's hard to let go of because you've got these beautiful jewels and you've got to put them down and get some coal. But 100%. That's how 100%. it is. 100%. But I'm sick of seeing teams like Burnley and Norwich yo-yo, um, West Brom yo-yo. And look, we've got the infrastructure that, Quite genuinely, I, look, I could be eating a lot of humble pie come Sunday, but the foundations are in place for our club to establish itself in the Premier League. They are completely, and, and I cannot wait to have the opportunity to spend Sunday with, with my dad. And I've waited over 20 years for this, and that's going to be the biggest thing for me. And no matter what, what happens, I will have that memory of me and my dad this Sunday. Yeah, so this is about it's about family, and that's why I'm going with uh, my other half. Um, <laughs> actually, that said, um, every you know, football is a thing that we come to in different ways. Like my, my dad's from Snenton, um, and they basically knocked his house down and moved him to Clifton. And he's the reason, you know, my uncle Paul, why I I have this. Because I'm from Skeg, which doesn't really have a team. I played for them, so they were crap. Um, and my dad will tell you, he'll be listening to this because he always wants to listen to the pod and he, he wants to know what, who's this Lisa you're on the radio with? He's always dead interested through I what I was just going to say, hi, dad. Yeah, hi, Rob, how are you doing? Um, and the thing is that he'll be listening to this now, probably dying, thinking, what's he bloody going to say or something like that. What I'm going to say is, and he doesn't know this till he listens to it, is, dad, I got you a ticket. You're sitting with me at Wembley and um, you don't know that until you listen to this and you're going to have to stay with my sister the night before, but we're going to Wembley, dad. Um and yeah, I didn't mean it to be uh, quite as emotional as that was, but yeah, he's going to sit behind us and uh, it'll mean the world to me to have him there. So yeah, there you go. That got you, didn't it? Look at Holly's face. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, there you go. You can now ring my sister and me, dad. And when this is really weird because I'm talking out of turn and you probably switched it off to go and make something out of wood and miss this bit. And I'll have to ask you if you listen to it. And anyway, it's confusing. This is family for you. Uh, anyway, Holly, thank you very much. Steve, thank you very much. Lisa, thank you very much. Uh, Ron, as it says on here, Kieran, thank you very much. Uh, we will be doing another podcast, probably a bit of a look back on the season. Hopefully it's with glory and magnitude and happiness and all these things, which we don't normally associate with those. Boys at the side of the trend. Um, but listen, guys, what a ride. And it's been a pleasure doing all this with you. At the start, I thought we'd got a real poison chalice. Um, but at the end, whether it's you, you, your daughter, your dad, your family, whoever you're going with, we're going to Wembley. Um, and you Reds. You Reds. You Reds. Hey.